Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Thank you, Katie. Welcome, everyone, to Standing on My Soapbox. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. It is Thursday, April 11, 2019. In just a minute, my amazing co-host, actor and writer Craig Hurley, will be joining me. We have a lot to talk about today, and we hope you will join in. Tell us what's on your mind. Give us a call, 347-989-0126, anytime the next hour. We can talk about the day's news, pop culture, politics, or whatever's on your mind. Let's go ahead and get to it. Stepping up on my soapbox, Mr. Craig Hurley. How's it going, buddy? You know Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid, Donder and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, dude, that's Gene Autry. I just wanted to uh, sing some of that country western that you don't like. That I absolutely love. Yes, exactly. Yep. Twangy, twangy Autry. Man, you and Trigger can just go right off in the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening now, Chicago? Hey, I don't know. How the hell are you getting up to do this radio show every day? I decided to clean out my garage for two and a half hours today, and I'm beat. I don't know how you're doing all this moving stuff and getting this done. Dude, I've been doing it been doing it for months it's just uh you know it's a it's a I, i've turned it into a, a workout regiment i i now have the body of an 18 year old so i am nice. i'm all good i've been doing it for two months climbing stairs with bins that you know some of them weigh like 30 40 pounds full of just stuff there's like books and stuff so Climbing stairs, doing that, that'll do that for you. I clean the garage for two and a half hours and put stuff out to the barn, which is technically a shed, but when you're in Ohio, you call it a barn. And uh, I feel like I'm 55 years old, so there we go. <laughs> I don't think that's fair at all. Something's wrong with that equation. <laughs> you feel older after doing that. You feel beat. You, you got to push exactly. through it. Scott, you got you got to push through that pain. Um, yeah, the first couple of days that I was doing this, it, it was hurting me to do it. And then uh, you, you just push through it and you push th- through the uh, sprained ankles and, you know, the the pull, pulled glute muscles and the uh, sciatica nerve that uh, just, you know, sends uh, screaming pain up through your spine. You know, all you just you just push through it, man. 
That's all. And then there and then go. you'll right. figure and then one day you'll be like, oh, I just hurt myself. And you continue. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. And so yeah, just yeah. I'll have a bruise. Going. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Too much fun. No, I'm, getting, I, I'm actually physically stronger for it. So and I'm emotionally stronger for it as well. I've got all of this like, you know, stuff that I'm just like putting together and figuring out consolidating. So it's good to do. I think everybody should. That's the only thing I've learned from Oprah. The only thing was, well, besides the fact that she canceled uh, 45's um, uh, speech or whatever the hell that, that was that, that he was oh, right, doing, right. She, and, she and Warner Brothers. Um, uh, so, uh, but uh, th- that's the only thing I ever learned from Oprah was space. Sort, purge, assign, <laughs> containerize, equalize. And then you're creating space for your other crap, for whatever other crap you want to buy or, or put into there, oh, or you're just lower. consolidated. I haven't heard, I haven't heard so, that. Sort, The acronym, sort, purge, so it's space, S-P-A-C-E. So you sort everything into piles of like things. So just start with laundry. Just start with clothes, because these are basics that everybody has to do anyway. Um, So just start with clothes. You put like things together. So you put blues with blues. You put reds with reds. You or reds and blacks with reds and blacks and whites with whites, right? So that none of those colors can ever mix with the other ones. And then, so you've sorted. Then you purge. You look at the things, the items that are there that you're about to wash. And you're like, why do I need to wash this? I'm never going to wear this. So I throw it away or I give it to a homeless person. Get it to a person that can actually use it. Um, That's purging. Sort, purge, assign. So then, you know, you're doing the laundry. You're assigning it to the, to, the, to the laundry machine. You do the laundry, and then it gets clean, and then you put it in the dryer, and it gets done. And then, and then you, you assign, and you containerize. And those containers is the next place, like the closet is where your clothes need to go after they're folded, right, and then after they're dry. So you find that container, uh, or, or that is that assigning of that place, and containerizing, they actually want you to put it into a bin. They actually want you to put it into a shoebox or onto a shelf. So that is the container for it. And, or on a hanger, that's the container for it. Containerize gotcha. and then equalize. Equalizing is just doing sorting, purging, assigning, and containerizing all over again. And it's just really, it's, it's the only thing I ever learned from Oprah. And it's the only thing that I... Um, uh, it's, it's the way I kind of been doing all of this. So, and, and it's interesting, the things that you don't need in your life. And, you know, I'm looking at stuff and I'm like, this is freaking garbage. It's gone. And why am I carrying this around? Why do I have this? You know? Okay. So it, there's just so much of that and it's good to be consolidating. Dude, I've moved so much that I just decide that I get to buy new stuff wherever I go and I leave everything behind. I sell it or leave it all behind. I don't, I'm not attached to anything anymore. It's horrible. Like if I, uh, I just don't want it. I don't want it. Are you guys even going to rent a truck? How big a truck do you have to rent? Do you think? Uh, we're not, we're going light, dude. We're going way light. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, uh, but I wanted to talk about, uh, 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 Lori Laughlin again. I, dude, they're going to prison. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm trying to get their dumbass yeah. kids into college. I'm I'm still like, wait, 
you, you people have contacts over contacts. What are you doing? Why, why would you not introduce your contact to your dumbass kid and get your dumbass kid a job? I'm, I'm just, well, I, I, think I just one can't. One of her daughters isn't even talking to her anymore, right? I think one of her daughters well, is saying, well, the hell with I, that. And one of her, no, they had to quit. What's her face had to quit Yale because of all the bullying and all the crap that was going on from the students. Her daughter had to quit Yale. Crazy. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand that. I think it was you. You're going you're gonna to go to jail. I think it was USC, but I'm not sure. Um, no, no, no. It was I East Coast. It, they had, to, they had okay. to quit because they were, yeah, it was either Harvard or Yale, and they had to quit because they were getting bullied by the other students okay. over all of this. Like, they're not yeah. good enough to be here just because their parents paid for them to get in. I'm sorry, but isn't that the same, you know, with the, with the majority of the other students, especially schools <laughs> like that? I mean, you got to be loaded to, to freaking get in there in the first place. It's a really small percentage that isn't loaded. Really small Oh, percentage. yeah, no. Yeah, those are the smart guys that actually get Regardless of what your to... SAT scores are, please. We, they have been they've been switching around your or or not switching them around, but just looking the other way, depending on what you do, what your specialty is. So come on, it's 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 money the whole time, dude. That's what all those Ivy League schools are. You have to have money to go there. Right. No, I think that's that's indisputable. I think everyone's known that. Um, obviously, if you're smart and talented, you can get in. But if you have money, you're going to get in. I mean, it's just that simple. It's not, they, they want the money, they want the prestige, and then the prestige, it's one of those, um, those, what cart, which, which comes first, the chicken and the egg, because you, you have to have the money and prestige to get in there, but the Harvard gives it, even if you're nobody, then it'll give it to you afterwards for being in there, whether it's deserved or not, just for that name at the end of it. So it's kind of a funny little chicken and egg type thing. It's self-perpetuating. But yeah, nobody, uh, nobody that uh, is is lower middle class is going to get into Harvard without a hell of a lot of hard work. And uh, anyone else can just there's lots of ways to get in. What else on your mind? I'm just thinking about the blizzard that is in the middle of Nebraska. I know I'm not supposed to talk about the weather, so I, I'm just. I, I was just, you know, I, I hope you guys are okay. They were, they were looking at like last night was like North Platte, Nebraska was looking at 70 mile an hour winds with blizzard conditions. Uh, I'm not sure what the accumulation is at this point. I, I know they're at probably a foot um, from, from what I can read and from what I can tell. Uh, but, uh, th- there's an awful lot of snow heading this way. I, I- I'm hoping this, uh, the heading East, at least, uh, I- I'm hoping this low pressure system moves North a little bit. Um, because then we, you know, in, in Chicago and Ohio, we're not going to get that much. Um, and then, you know, yeah, the entire know East coast, actually. cause we're not, we're showing it still like. 50s in the middle of the day, 50s and 59 in the daytime. So I don't know if it's gonna, if it's going really, really slow, or if they're planning on it turning or something. It is kind of, it is kind of creeping. Yeah, it is kind of creeping. Like they're, they're not even sure what Chicago. The way I'm looking at it is, it, it will begin to actually gain strength. 
I think it's not going to lose strength. I think it will gain strength. So that means that the southeast, uh, and that's the tail end of, of that low, it'll be drawing off of any moisture. Currently, it's drawing off of moisture that's coming from the north, which is kind of blowing my mind. And the, the tail of this thing started like two days ago, and, and it, it, it didn't go north-south. It, the, the tail end of it kind of went like, and I've got pictures of it too. I, I should start posting some of these pictures. Um, uh, the tail end of it kind of went east-west and it, it was more of like a northeast, I mean, northwest to, um, to uh, southeast direction was the tail of it instead of, you know, a, a like uh, northeast-southwest. It was very strange. It, 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 it just seemed, yeah, it, it was really, really kind of weird. Um, and, and, you know, that is climate change. That's the things that we have to expect to see, because I hear a lot of people going, oh, the weather's just weird. And no, it's not just weird. These are the, the storms that, and I ain't even guilty of it myself. Um, uh, these are the types of storms that we need to expect. And if they get stronger, um, we're in a lot of trouble because we don't know exactly where the storms are going to hit. We can't we can't get a good prediction on that, not even 24 hours in advance. So, um, you know, the way I'm looking at it, I, I think it's it's actually kind of compressing and and building up. Sorry, I just drank some coffee, had a little gurgle there. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, the it's it's kind of compressing and 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 then building up and I think it'll gain strength as it goes over the lake a little bit as it goes over Lake Michigan. Um, it it should slide like right underneath it, but if that happens, then we are gonna get like Wisconsin's just gonna get pummeled. Minnesota's already getting nailed. The Dakotas are already getting nailed. Um, there are winter storm warnings all over that section of the United States. And and then south you go into Kansas and there's and there's major storm warnings, too, as far as just not winter storm, but people should expect a a lot of rain from this and some sleet and some ice. I I know yesterday or day before we got a little bit of remnants of that tail end of it that I was talking about that seemed to go more northwest. I mean, from a more a more northwest direction um than than it than a purely like north direction or a northeast um right. uh, it, it 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 gave us a, a bunch of little hailstones and then mm-hmm. chicago yesterday was snowing downtown chicago and so this is it, it's a it's kind of it's bizarre i mean you know not like we don't get snow in april we do um there's been many many years of snow in april just not major storm systems it it doesn't really happen unless we polluted the atmosphere and helped it along and we have over the past couple of years there's been a whole bunch of deregulation going on so if we say we got a storm in the 1970s which is when the epa was being developed and was developed um and it was developed because there were too many pollutants being pumped into the atmosphere uh, and that's it. And into our groundwater and into our drinking water, uh, into the water that we give our plants in order to eat uh, and our animals in order to eat. So we were making sure that those companies, those billion dollar companies, the same ones responsible for the pollution today, um, were 
being regulated so that they wouldn't be dumping things into there. And I mean, anybody watched the movie Aaron Brockovich? It's based on a real story. It's based on a real person. You can follow her on Facebook. Uh, she is a, you know, an outstanding proponent of proponent. Is that the right word? Uh, of, uh, uh, yeah, of, uh, of, uh, environmental laws and it's only to protect us. I, you know, it really does. We're not protecting the environment. That's not, it's about protecting us so that we can have future generations living on this planet and, and ourselves so that we don't get sick. Um, so it's not about actually protecting, you know, the, the, the other animals that are on the planet. It just helps them a lot when we don't pollute their atmosphere. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, so we have, you know, pushed uh, uh, this over the edge as far as we're over 400 parts per million CO2. Um, the last time that, uh, in, as far as science can see, as far as any testing that's been done, any carbon dating, um, <clears throat> the last time that happened uh, the, the, excuse me, the planet slipped into an ice age and it will literally be the day after tomorrow, the movie, the day after tomorrow. Um, it, it, it will literally slip into an ice age like that. It won't be a, a slow process. Uh, the slow process that it has been, has been the past hundred years of the industrial age. Uh, that's the procrastination that we we do and that we see and that we do nothing about uh, as as humans um, uh, over the industrial age. We've we've advanced it to a point where it, the last time this happened, there had to be a natural disaster of some kind like uh, an asteroid hitting or a major volcanic eruption that caused. Uh, a winter all over the world. It ca caused cloud cover all over the world. And that was the last time that we've been above 400 parts per million. And that was Did an extermination that, event John that happened. Kerry clash? Did you see that John Kerry, uh, Thomas Massey clash? No. It feeds right into it. It's happened, I guess, it was either yesterday or the day before um, in one of the congressional, one of the um, House congressional meetings on climate change. They're having one, and John Kerry was testifying, and he's a huge advocate of climate change and, and what we need to do about it. And this silly Republican, I forget where he's from, his name's uh, Thomas Massey, tries to do a little gotcha on Those Kerry. silly Republicans. A silly Republican tries to do a gotcha on John Kerry and says, So you're talking about science, and and you have a degree in political science, right? And Carrie says, yeah. So, so, you, so you obviously you know lots about science. And Carrie just went to school on him and talking about the same that thing. That has nothing to do with science. Political science exactly, has everything to do with that's politics. What, I'm what a dumbass. The guy dumb was being an idiot. And uh, so Carrie goes into this and says, right now we're at 400 uh, parts. And the guy says, oh, he says, yeah, I was going to go over that too. Because I think, wasn't it uh, back, didn't have back in the day, uh, it was like way over that, like a thousand parts. He says, as a matter of fact, you're right. That was before humans were on the earth, and that's what caused the ice age. So you're right. This is what we can look forward to if we get up to this again. This guy was just making a total ass out of himself, and Carrie was just schooling him over and over again with exactly what you're saying now. So it's hilarious. 
I watch these silly things and just go, you guys have got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah. Um, there's this guy named Al Gore, and uh, <laughs> he should have been president of the United States, but the Republicans cheated again. Something about a hanging chad in Florida. Yeah, that was uh, a, a hanging double chad. That was both a popular vote <laughs> and a hanging chad. That was a double yeah. chad right there. Yeah, there was, a, there, there was some cheating going on again with the Republican Party. Uh, but um, regardless, uh, he got his message out. He was also vice president. I don't know if you guys... Remember that as well. <laughs> Let's make sure the history is correct here. Uh, he was also vice president of the United States. And yes, uh, part of his agenda uh, was to make sure that everybody sees that we have a very short period of time to deal with this issue. Doesn't matter if it's 2020, 2030, 2040, 2050, 2060, 2070, 20, whatever the hell. It does not matter because we need to pay attention to it and soon. And we can tell by the way things are turning out that, um, yeah, he's correct. We have a problem. And it's the number actually is 440 parts per million before we have gone catastrophic. We're at 404, I think. I'm not positive on that number, but we're only 38 away. Yeah, Yeah, uh, it's 440 parts per million. It has risen to 750 or something stupid like that. Um, But uh, the only time that it's gone over 400 uh, or when it does go over 400, the planet slips into an ice age on purpose. There's something wrong going on in the atmosphere and it needs to cool it down in order to survive. It needs to cool itself down. So what we've seen over the past hundred years is what is the precursor to any um, uh, 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 climate uh, or, or, or uh, ice age. Um, it, 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 the way it goes down is there's major droughts and we have major storms. And then we have major droughts. And this has been happening for 100 years easy now. We've, we've documented everywhere around the world has had a problem with drought. And, and we've had extreme weather, especially over the past 20 years. Um, and then now it's getting a little crazy. Uh, there are things that are literally, you know, uh, uh, day after tomorrow type stuff. That that is currently happening right in the middle of the United States. Australia just got hit with two cyclones, which are hurricanes simultaneously two in the same area. What? That's a little crazy. You know, that's it's just a little it's hard to think about that. You know, multiple areas are getting billions of dollars worth of damage and at the same time. And how do you actually handle that? So we need to prepare right. for that. No, exactly. I mean, 100%. And I mean, climate change, we're going to have to talk about this all the time. It seems like we keep going back to weather, but it's, it's not going away. Hey, hey so man, I'm not, I, I, I try to stay away from the weather. I, you know, you, you guys don't want me talking <laughs> weather because so, it's friggin' boring. Um, but it's not so boring right now when you got a foot of snow and you got blizzard conditions until what? Seven o'clock in the morning, North Platte. 
I think it is like seven or 5 a.m. Friday morning is the next time that you won't have a blizzard. Like from now until then, you're going to still be in our blizzard conditions, right? That's a warning that's out there. Uh, anybody in North Platte can hear us, 347-989-0126. I'd love to hear from you and tell me what your experience of this storm is. Anybody in the blizzard anywhere, because we know it's over a large swath. It's over of Colorado. It's, yeah. It's not it was, even Midwest. It it's all. all the northern states, too. 347-989-0126. We got about seven minutes for the first break. We can jump into either uh, taxes and wealth or a little bit of Julian Assange. What's on your hot ticket? Oh, no, I was thinking about Julian. Yeah, he's arrested. Uh, he's the WikiLeaks founder. He was arrested in the uh, Ecuadorian embassy. They kicked him out. Basically, they said, get the hell out of here and called in the British police and called in Scotland Yard and said, you want him? We're done with him. We're over yep. him. Yeah, I um, we're, I was having a Twitter fight about this earlier today. And it's like, I have no problem with the WikiLeaks. I thought it was tacky, and I think it gave away a lot of stuff you shouldn't have. But uh, if, if he was a United States citizen, which he is not, he's Australian, by the way, um, if it was the United States, you, you have freedom of the press to publish even those stupid things that you should not be publishing unless it gives away how secrets. But if you were the one, which what they are accusing of, of breaking in to get them and stealing the state secrets or the things, then you deserve everything you have coming to you. You can't hide behind freedom of the press when you're breaking into the stuff to put out on your free press. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, they should just they should just hire him to um, break into computers. They shouldn't they shouldn't, you know, like, go ahead and arrest him. I mean, sure. Uh, but make sure that he's working for the UK government and he's, you know, hacking into other computers and making sure that they're not cheating and all that stuff. It's really easy to do. Exactly. And it's been two yeah, weeks you make him shown up. If, if he would have got the Mueller report out there, I'd be standing in front of the Ecuadorian gate myself. If he would <laughs> see, see, yeah, but. it's stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you use, make him, make him do like community service, you know, for, for everybody that instead of, instead of throwing out things there out there that are, you know, uh, uh, uh classified material, um, get some things out there that should be declassified and, you know, that everybody should see. So, and stop other people also, as you're hacking, stop other people from hacking, stop other, stop other people for exactly. do, from doing damage. So, that's, I mean, you, you know, use them, use them for good. You can't give away things that are going to put people in harm's way. You can't, you can't right. give out troop movements. You can't give out things like that. Well, 45 does that all day long. The practices of our, of governments, of our government and of any, I have no problem doing that do that i don't you can hack in give that stuff out all day long but just the whole fact that he's on the run the entire time and hiding in an embassy he's been on the run for like seven years it was like 2012 to your case much that you're all about free press i mean then turn yourself (laughs) in get a lawyer and and fight it in court but now we're going to hide in the ecuadorian embassy in london for seven years i mean that just shows that something's hinky somewhere yeah, no, it, it's over. He's he, He's been arrested. Yeah, he was. And, of course, he's, like, uh, kicking and screaming all the way onto the little bus there they put him on. And then he gives the obligatory thumbs up from the bus as he drives by the reporters. 
because everybody has to have their 15 minutes of fame, even though they've had it for seven years now. Yeah, um, no, he's already famous. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. I mean, this is it'll bring Chelsea Manning back up. I think she was in court not too long ago because they wanted to talk to her more about this. We'll see if that brings her out more because she was, of course, a big player in this along with others. This doesn't even talk about anything about the 2016 election. This has nothing to do with WikiLeaks and 2016 election. This is all old spy stuff we're talking about that he's in trouble for now. Uh, Who knows if anything will even come from the election. It might or might not. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Well, it depends on what he assisted in happening. If, if WikiLeaks did, you know, they'll, they'll go all the way up to now. So, all right. Yeah. And, and I think he's synonymous WikiLeaks. I mean, we call it WikiLeaks and we call it doing this. I think he is WikiLeaks. I don't think they have this vast company of people doing all this. I think, uh, he is WikiLeaks basically. It's just so, him. It's basically just him. Well, see, I mean, if 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 suddenly WikiLeaks, you know, doesn't put out anything, we'll we'll know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll know for sure. You know, if it's done, all of a sudden the Twitter account goes dormant. We know that someone doesn't have access to his cell phone right now. God, too crazy. All right, we're we going to go to a break. Why don't you introduce our our break song? Because you're going to get a five minute reprieve for an extra long cigarette today. What are we? Uh, what here. are we? What are you playing? Oh no, um, uh, I didn't even realize. Is, is Scott? Yeah, I, I wanted to talk over it actually. Um, but okay, well because, let's do it. Let's do. Alejandro yeah, no, it's for a break. Okay, but that's a short. Yeah, well, I right. wanted to talk over Alejandro too. That dude, man, this guy uh, plays. He's on American Idol, and this guy plays guitar like nobody I've ever seen. I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time, like, because I've, I, I'm not a great guitar player, but I play, and, and I, and I'm, I'm like, how, how is he doing this? The fingering is just amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and, and like he's playing. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. He's almost right, playing we'll three, four, we'll talk and over that four, too. four. We're going to switch over to Trevor Page. Save that discussion no. then. No, no, no. That's cool. That's cool. Mer- that's cool. I talked about it right before you're playing him. No, no. Stick to Alejandro because it's he's great. They're so good. All right. Well, he's a short that- break. You go smoke fast. It's only two minutes and thirty six seconds. Here is Mr. Ah, Alejandro Aranda <laughs> with special guest Ben Harper from American Idol this last weekend. We'll be back. We'll listen to Standing no, on My No, let's just talk right over here. it, dude. Um, I, don't, I don't need a break. You um, need a break? No, you're killing me. <laughs> I'm going to make you press the button next time. <laughs> so this is him playing the guitar? Yes, this is him playing the guitar. I wish we could live forever. Melt into the sun. Ben Harper is playing um, rhythm on this, and he's also singing. Want to get you on the run. Get us on the run. There will be. There will be, there will be a light. Who's Ben Harper? I don't know. Okay. Oh, look him up. He's an amazing musician. Ben Harper. There will be, 
Top twenty then or top seventeen wherever they're at now? I think he's yeah, I think he's in the top fourteen. Yeah, I think he just nice. got picked last night. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, that's crazy. Or yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. All my days are meshing together. I bet. Yeah, his well, talk about Scott Grimes. Um, I, I didn't Scott know Grimes. He was in a band. I didn't know he yeah, could sing. Man. I would love to have a musical episode of the Orville because frickin' what's-his-name could sing really good, too, the lead. Oh, no, they they just did one where Scott got on stage at the end of it and did a, du- well, a part of a duet with uh, one of the uh, actresses. Um, it's when he goes into a simulator and becomes... Uh, they, they, get a, they get a time capsule I'm behind from... this whole season. I haven't seen the season yet. I have it all on DVR. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say the whole episode. But they they get a time capsule from uh, from now, and uh, and it contains a smartphone, and it's got all these pictures, and it's got this whole life of the girl that or the woman that uh, the cell phone used to belong to, or the smartphone used to belong to, and oh, so cool yeah, he creates a simulator, and he creates her life in a simulator and goes in and she's a singer. And so part of it, he sings with her and it's, it shows off, you know, his, it, it doesn't really show off Scott's voice. And Scott is a, an amazing singer and, and actually an amazing uh, writer uh, uh, and lyricist. Um, he's never really gotten, he's cut as far as I know, he cut an album and, he never, never got the recognition for, for being the musician that he is. He has gotten recognition for his acting ability. Um, dude, I don't even know how many commercials he's done. Dude, he did like 500 commercials before he was 14. So, and then, you know, TV series, he was on, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, um, uh, Band of Brothers and on HBO and uh and uh the hell party of five right um i can't i I just can't think scott has worked so much 
and now he's currently on the Orville. And he has been singing the entire time. Um, it, yeah, I remember I, from ER way back in the day, too. Yeah, 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 exactly. ER I, I forgot ER. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's, he's a really, really, really good singer. And nobody has ever – he's been – he was singing with Russell Crowe in a band. And, and they were doing a benefit where Sting got up and was singing every breath you take and Scott's playing keyboards and doing backup on the, the last uh, section of the song. And, and uh, you know, it's just, there's, there's, and I'm not too sure what that relationship is with Russell Crowe. Cause as we all know um, from Les Mis uh, can't sing where the shit. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just wondering, um, you know, no, I, I, I'm, I, Russell is actually, as far as I understand, he's really, really nice guy and can play a mean guitar. So I, I, you know, there, there's different people have different attributes and that, that, that lame is that, that whole score dude, uh, you know, and I know this is probably not something a heterosexual male says, uh, very often. Uh, but, uh, you know, that score is an extremely difficult score to sing. I, you know, it's, it, it's Broadway, dude. So, you know, I, I, you know, just for him getting out there and trying to do it is, is something, um, where, you know, there's a whole bunch of other people that could not even get there. Uh, so, um, but yeah, Scott, um, extremely talented, uh, as far as musician is concerned and, and plays multiple instruments and, and his voice is just, I, 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 like this song, this next song that you're going to play, Hey, why don't you just start playing it? Um, I was going to say it's a long old song, so we'll talk over it. So talk over it while he's playing, singing here, because uh, it's a this good is the song. The next single off the record. Yeah, oh, I think it's called Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. Be careful if, you, if I if I think you know it well enough to sing, I'm going to have you come up here and sing it for me. Anybody turn that up? I think it'll be up in a second. She's the kind of girl that does what she's going to say. Like the friends she left behind, how they going to get away? Tell me, honey, living in the sun. No, that's good. I've just begun. I'm all right. I'm all right. Came a little town just around the second day.
Katie's upstairs. What's Scott's band's name? Maybe she'll be able to tell me. Actually. Um, Thank you, guys. Yeah, dude. But he's really talented. And uh, just I, I think not enough people have heard his music. So that's why I wanted you to play that. Yeah, no, like I said, I had no idea he was a singer. Um, I wish they, and I haven't seen Orville yet this season, so I didn't know he sang with that girl, but I would love to see all of them sing because Seth MacFarlane is a fantastic Oh, no, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah, it would be great to see them all singing. I would love to see a musical episode. That would be amazing. Wow, that would be so cool. I'm surprised they haven't done that yet, but maybe they'll get around to it. Um, three four seven nine eight nine zero one two six. I've known Scott for a long time, Scott. and actually, Scott. actually, that song um, might have been written for Katie Barberry for my um, for my fiance uh, because she, when she left in ninety ninety four, uh, everybody was she left Los Angeles in ninety four and went down to Mexico and 
started doing novellas one right after another. She's done like 20 telenovelas over the past or 18 telenovelas over the past 25 years now. So, um, yeah, just crazy amount of novellas that each one of those novellas is somewhere around 120 episodes. And there's not a lot of people in the United States, at least not a lot of gringos. There's a bunch of people that speak Spanish that know who the hell Katie is. Um, but, uh, I mean, everybody. And, uh, but and the majority of the gringos in the United States don't have a clue. Um, but she, that's 120 episodes per novella. And they're sold worldwide. Um, so, uh, internationally, she's very well known. And um, she left Los Angeles to go and do the novellas in Mexico. And Scott, and that was at the time when, Scott Grimes and I'm trying to think of all the people that were hanging out all together. Jason Hervey. Um, we had a whole, there was a whole group of people that Adam Carl, there's a, there's a whole group of people that were young actors and we all hung out together. Um, and, and young directors, Artie Glackens, another one of those. He's a, he's a director. Um, there's a whole group of, uh, there was a whole group of people that all hung out and we, um, <clears throat> and Katie was a part of that. Um, so, uh, that's how we know Scott. And, uh, I, I just, he, he's been singing the whole time and I've never, he's just never gotten, uh, you know, uh, like, it's not that he needs a break. It's, it's like, it's just nobody ever really is like, like, you know, he never went mainstream and that's about it. It's like, people just don't know that he sings like you, you know, you, you well, didn't was know. Or like, was he actually trying to make a go of it as a singer? Um, they I mean, cut a lot of, that a lot album. Of actors sing as a side hustle just for enjoyment of their own time. Is that right? Was he actually trying to make a career out of it? No, I think that if he could, he would love to be up and being a rock star. I, I, I think that if he was given that opportunity, he would love to do that. Um, I think that it just didn't, it just hasn't happened. It just, you know, I, I think hasn't, not didn't. Um, it's just that it, sometimes it takes time, you know, for, for people to go, wow, he's really good, you know, and then everybody wants to hear him sing. So and, you know, like Picasso, he, he freaking didn't start painting until he was 58 years old. So there's always time for, you know, the whole rest of the world to catch on. Right. Yeah. And if he loves as long as you're still alive. Yeah. Exactly. As long as you're still alive, you can keep producing your art. So. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. What else do we want to go on to today? Um we could talk about uh, the Nipsey Hustle funeral was today. Oh yeah, that was big time. They yeah, and 20, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder saying. And uh, Obama sent in a little letter and everything they read, and it was pretty yeah. big deal. They had, I think they did it at the forum, which I think holds like twenty one, twenty two thousand people, and it was full. Plus, they had people lining the streets up and down. It was a uh, it was huge. I guess it was going for like two hours today, 10 to 12 L.A. time. So I guess it's over now. And then he's going to Forest Lawn over there in L.A., which is actually, uh, I think, where my dad is at. I think my dad's Forest Lawn. Over there in Burbank? So, 
Is that where Forest Lawn's at, Burbank? He's at the one yep. in you know, Pico Rivera, whatever the one along the freeway, along the 605 in Pico. It's another big cemetery there. I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> Sad. I can't remember my dad that I could get there, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I have to go find it. I don't know what that's called. Um, but yeah, there was uh, everyone turned out. Obama sent a really uh, nice, heartfelt letter. Uh, a lot of people sang. The, um, the pallbearers were all fellow rappers, from what I can see. Um, looks, I mean, like I said, I didn't know at the time how well loved he was by fellow artists, by politicians, by celebrities. Oh, and the, by yeah, everyone. the community, yeah, the Crenshaw area is, is in mourning at this point uh, over all of this. Cause yeah, he, he really did help out the community as much as he possibly could. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I love that. Oh, let's see. Avenatti's in trouble again. The new tax For what? thing. Well, it's even more, I mean, he was, he was done in New York a while back for doing that thing against Nike for kind of trying to shake down Nike. Um, for these pay-to-play sports. But supposedly in L.A., he's like, he got 36 more counts, or 36 counts total. I think it was like 12 before. They had it went up to 36. One includes embezzling from a paraplegic, which is not good at all. Uh, wire fraud, failure, failure to collect and withhold payroll taxes. Why do people think that they can get away with um, taking advantage of the, the disabled? Why do they think they can get away with that? Just because a person's disabled doesn't mean they're dumb. Right. They've caught a couple of people back here in Ohio doing that recently. And it's just, it's sad. That's the two things I can't handle. Elder abuse and disabled abuse is ridiculous. Um, those people are the lowest form of people in the world. It's like, oh man, that gets me so aggravated. There's a girl here the other day. That uh, 110000 from an elderly lady, $110,000 scammed her out of. Um, she didn't have any other kids, so nobody was there knowing what was going on. And now this lady's down 110000 She spent it on gambling. Can you imagine? Excellent. That's, that's uh, awesome. The thing... That pisses me off to no end. I'm sure that casino. I'm sure that casino appreciates. Or is it all a hundred thousand dollars in scratchers? Who knows? I didn't even. Look, I didn't read that far. I got too mad after the first paragraph that I refused to read any farther. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter. They just ripped off people. I don't understand people that that rip off other people that way. It's not that hard of a world where you could do it. Yeah, the the chick that was in the episode. I'm sorry, the chick. Wow, uh, the <laughs> actor, the the actress, the actrice that was in the episode of The Orville with um with Scott Grimes, where they sang together, was Leighton mm-hmm. Meester, actress Leighton. I don't Meester. know who that is. I'll have to check it um, out. Um, she's she like she's uh, from Gossip Girl. Oh, okay. Leighton Meester is. Yeah. She yeah, really good actress, really well good too? singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. No, she sings real well. Yeah. Yeah, she's a really good singer. Oh, yeah, it was a good cool. episode. It was kind of sad, the episode. Yeah, I'm trying to save up and catch up. I haven't caught up on that. 
Plus, I haven't seen any of my Star Trek Discovery this season, too. And it's supposed to be a really good uh, season this season, too. So I'm going to have I a haven't watched any sci-fi of it. weekend and just go crazy, I think. No, I haven't watched any of that. I don't. We don't really have time. Most of the time, if we watch TV, it's Jeopardy. And that's about it. Yeah, that's my thing. I haven't had time for any TV lately. I just, and I'm a TV-aholic. I love TV. I love keeping up on it. I read about it all the time. And I used to watch a lot. I did time anymore to watch it. But I love good TV. TV movies and all. That's why I started this, my whole podcast three and a half years ago, because I liked, I liked it too much to like to talk about it. So Jeff Bezos, um, did you hear about his I was just going to say that, himself? dude. I, I totally was just going to say Jeff Bezos has become the richest man in the world. I, 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 it, that, that is so bizarre, bro. We're both That's thinking funny. the exact same thing at the same time. We are. We've been, we've been on the air too long. L- I literally invited you to Jeff Bezos. I was going to go, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's officially the richest man in the world. Um, he's worth $100 billion. Uh, and he's only taking an $81,000 salary a year. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't understand. No, I mean, they're paying all, Amazon's <laughs> paying all his expenses, but, and they're paying a million plus in security a year, plus private Yeah, no, he owns 16%. But, he owns 16% stake in, in Amazon is what he owns. Yeah. So that's, forget the 81000 a year that he gets paid. Um <laughs> It's not even a drop in the bucket for him. It's a hundred billion dollars is what he's worth. That's can you imagine a hundred billion? That's just too big. Yeah, and actually, yes, absolutely, I could, and uh, that's what capitalism is about. Um, And I could imagine all the things that I could do for this world that would enhance this world. With a hundred billion dollars, yes, there is a bunch of philanthropy that I that I think I could do. Uh, that I think jobs and things that I could create for people so that um, we could have a better world in the, in the near future, e- even present and day. And yet they paid zero in taxes. They didn't pay anything into it. Wow. They didn't pay anything into making the world a better thing. Amazon paid. In fact, I think they got $136 million back in taxes this year. And that was one of the big New York things. So, uh, Everyone says that they screwed New York out of all these jobs, which, yeah, they did. But these guys asked for a 10-year, multi-billion dollar tax break in New York when they don't pay taxes to begin with. So what do they yeah, need a I tax under- break for? I really, I don't understand. I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I, I don't understand it. Uh, what, you know, what deductions do they actually, are they actually getting? It's only because now they're, they're, they make so much more money than everybody else. Dude, there's a lot of people pissed off that they have to pay taxes this year or the amount that they have to pay. A lot oh, of I know. Yeah. Well, Warren put I'm out hearing her it from all over the place. She's expecting, uh, she's doing that, um, whatchamacallit, uh, a surtax. She's, she's proposed a 7% surtax for anyone that has, the, that has over $100 million. So that way people that pay zero taxes still have to pay the surtax of seven percent which i think why can't we just keep it why can't we just keep it the 30 percent that everybody has to pay or 30 whatever it is three percent whatever 31 um there's a cap on it 
And everybody, if you make over a certain amount of money, that's what you have to freaking pay. And that's what accountants are there for so that you can get deductions and then you don't have to pay as much. That's, that's the way this works. And it was working fine all along. Why can't we just stick to it? Exactly. You tax the rich, just you tax them 30%. That, that's well, they that, dropped it down to 21%, and of that in one year, okay, that doesn't work. it's made 30 companies go to 60 companies last year that paid zero taxes. Before it was 30, when it was 35% taxes, there was 30 companies paid zero taxes. This year, it's down to 21%, and 60 people don't have to pay taxes, including Amazon, Netflix, Chevron, Pharmaceutical manufacturer Lilly, Eli Lilly, uh, John Deere Company, 60 companies because of this new tax law have paid zero in taxes or getting taxes back this year, getting money back. How ridiculous is that? It just wow. makes no, no sense. No, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And they're saying that there's a deficit that they're trying to fix. Yeah, no. Right. They just keep adding to it. No, it's freaking nuts. Silly. Silly stuff. All right. Well, we got. So, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the weather then. (laughs) Go ahead. Everybody just freaking stay safe. And and, I mean, we are in a state of natural emergency, right? We do have that, right? So, but this is a real national emergency. Um, We've got blizzard conditions and and check on your neighbors. Uh, Make sure everybody's keep them warm. Uh, watch out, uh, you know, in, in other areas of, uh, South, Southeast, um, uh, and, and I actually like Tennessee, watch Tennessee Valley again, they're going to get lit up. Um, I, you know, just everybody pay attention. Um, and you know, even talk to your relatives that are, or people, you know, in other States and make sure they're all right. Cause like yesterday they had 85 mile an hour winds in Los Angeles. So you have to, you know, you got to pay attention to all that, too. Um, and that's part of what's pushing this storm. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of wind behind this thing. So um, just be, everybody be careful, man, you know, and, and pay attention to the people around you. There you go. Watch out for people, guys. It's the right thing to do. Just do it. All right. We have one more day left, and then uh, we are done for the week. You're going to be traveling next week. That's going to be interesting shows next week. I can't wait to hear our traffic reports. Traffic reports are going to be interesting. Oh, they're going to be fun. I'm just telling anyone, you need to warn people what road, highway you're going to take, and we need to make sure they stay out of the left lane. They need to stay out of the left lane or they are going to be in trouble. And there's this real real easy, cool thing uh, that you could do with as far as merging or, or just driving in general. Um, give space to the people in front of you. Just if you leave one car length so that everybody that's trying to get in while they're merging can merge, um, you know, that it, it would help out a lot because everything flows better if you're not just jammed up to the person in, in front of you's bumper. You know, if you're, if you're well, not if just on their ass. BSR in high school, like I did, you know, you have to have one car length for every 10 miles per hour in order to safely stop and not Correct. the car in front of you. <laughs> Correct. Yes, that is in our, in our rule books as well. So if you're doing 60 miles an hour, you're going to be doing about six car lengths is how that works. Um, but I'm talking about actual bumper to bumper. 
if everybody just backs off one or two car lengths and lets everybody else in, it will flow much better. It's simple, simple science on this one. It's simple math. All right. With that, we're out of here. Take your simple math test. We'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern time, right here on Left of Straight Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Peace. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. It is Tuesday, August 7th, our second day on the Big Gay Road Trip out here to Palm Springs. 115 degrees today in the shade, so we're having a good old time. So if you missed yesterday's show, be sure to check out the podcast. We got a nice welcome by the mayor of Palm Springs. Uh, Robert Moon came by and welcomed us to the show, told us a lot about the city. We have Joe Deedle and Ben Zook, the creators and stars of the Where the Bears Are video series, and Ardio Daly, star and producer of Bad Boy and Bad Boy Comes Out, and our buddy Mike Stoltz from Just Tapas Restaurant in Palm Springs brought us over some little munchies to try. So a great show yesterday. Today is going to be just as good, if not better. I have a couple of good buddies with me. We have Brandon Ross and Mike Vega whose fantastic film, made in only 24 hours, Tomcat, is a top 15 entry. We're going to talk about all that in just a couple of months. We have Tony Tripoli, fantastic comedian, scheduled to appear. We're going to have to reschedule him. He will be here very soon. And then we also have, representing Salad in a Jar, we have Kevin. Um, it's going to be fantastic. We have some food here in front of us, and you know I like to eat, so it's a beautiful thing. So welcome to the show, everyone. How you doing? Good. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming down. We are in the beautiful Indulge Resort in Palm Springs, California. A big thank you to the owners, John and Sandy and manager. Um, I forgot his name for a second because I'm losing it. That's okay. Raymond, there we go. Um, but we're having a great time here at the resort, and I'm glad you guys were able to drive in to do it. Some of you guys for an hour and a half, some of you for 20 minutes. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and start. We have some great restaurant partners while we're in town. Like I said, we had just happened yesterday. We have Salad in a Jar today. 
We have an 849 restaurant coming next Monday, next Tuesday. We have JoJo, just all sorts of people coming all during the road trip here. But Kevin, welcome to the show. How are you doing? How long have you been with the company? Uh, we're going on our second year doing salads in a jar, and we are a local delivery service. Um, it's not just salads. We have gourmet tacos, infused waters, fruit, all kinds of great things. So it's not just salads. And you guys have an amazing production facility. I've seen some pictures of it. It just looks like you're at a Baja Fresh salad bar or something. It looks fantastic. We have a commercial kitchen. That's our manufacturing facility. It's not a walk-in, dine-in establishment or a brick motor. It's simply where we produce our product because we are a delivery service. That is awesome. And what do you think you bring for us today? Uh, today I brought you our Greek salad. We have a barbecue chicken salad. We brought you some sweet potato tacos our famous cold gazpacho soup, and mixed fruit. Very good, guys. For you at home, sorry you don't get to see this. It's really good. I'm going to Instagram post it here in just a couple of minutes. But it looks delicious, and it is a salad in a jar. It makes it real convenient. It doesn't do a lot of waste for it. Um, talk about the concept of the company and uh, what, what how you said you've been doing this for almost two years. This idea was actually uh, thought of about seven years ago by my wife. She's the driving force behind all of our businesses. And she simply made a salad and put it in a mason jar and posted it on our Facebook. And all of her friends just flipped out for it. And she just thought, well, that's kind of silly. It's just a salad in a jar. But she kept getting requests from our friends. Hey, make me one of those. I want one of those. So my wife, being the ultimate entrepreneur that she is, she said, okay, uh, $10 a salad, and I'll bring it to you. So it started as simple as that out of our home. This is eight years ago, and it really exploded very quickly. And we had to look at the situation. We couldn't scale it because we're in our house. Um, so we literally had to stop doing it. But right after that, my wife once again created a raw nutrition bar, which we started manufacturing in her home. Got the first cottage food law out here um, through the city of Indio, so where we could do that out of our home. The first year that took off, we built our own manufacturing facility and produced that bar for the next two years, then sold that business. And we had our facility still, and my wife said, I think we should do salads in a jar again, because now we have a facility. I have an 18-foot walk-in cooler. I can put as many vegetables as I want in there. And we said, well, why not? Let's give it a shot. And that's how it took off. That's amazing. And now you're based in Indio, but you travel everywhere else you deliver to. I deliver all the way from Thermal to Palm Springs. Only areas we do not deliver to right now is Desert Hot Springs and Thousand Palms. But our facility is on the east end of the valley, so I start the east end thermal, and I work my way to Palm Springs. And tell everyone how it works. You live seven days a week. You have certain times. How does that work? Uh, right, right now we have summer, summer delivery hours. So the way it works is we deliver on Tuesdays and Fridays. As long as you have your order in by 3 p.m. the previous day. For example, yesterday, had to have your order in by 3 p.m., we produced all the product yesterday, and then I delivered it today. Once again, this Thursday, if you're interested, go to saladsinajar.com, um, place an order by 3 p.m., and I will deliver it to you on Friday. That's amazing. amazing. Be sure to check out my videos on social media, guys. I have uh, a lot of pictures from it. Like I said, you can see their facility. You can see their truck. You can see what they look like in there. They're really amazing. Um, I just I love good food. I'm a big foodie, and you know, I've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I still eat, love to eat, so it's just a little different for me now. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you to you and your wife, Kevin. Anything else you want to tell us about before we go? Like I said, give in all of your social media and where they can find you. 
Uh, we are on social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, like I said, it's a delivery service. Tuesdays and Fridays are our delivery days. We also have amazing catering. Uh, we've catered for Cambria. We've catered for the Ritz-Carlton or Griffith Estates. So we, we do amazing catering, too. That's a whole other part of our business. Um, and everything is done online. Saladsinajar.com. That's salad with an S. Inajar.com. You, you see the menu. Everything's there. You place your order. And then you see my planning space the next day. And you only take web orders or you take phone orders as well? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we have some, uh, let's say, some older people who aren't too savvy with the computer nowadays and they're having trouble. They simply just call us and we'll place a phone order. And we either take their payment over the phone or they can give me a check or anything. Always, always make it very simple for everybody. Nice. Yeah. I've delivered you people. Do you have a lot of repeat customers, I can imagine? Yeah, we have repeat customers, but we could always use more. Yeah, home or office. Wherever yeah. you're at, like I said, I've delivered to somebody at the Home Depot parking lot before. She <laughs> wasn't at home, she wasn't at work, but we were driving. Where are you at? I'm here. Hey, I'm right here. Let's meet here. And I met her at the parking lot at Home Depot and gave her her order. Nice. Yeah, so that was on my I corner. I couldn't have a couch like that. I don't know how to deal with one, but I couldn't find a couch in front of Someone delivered to me, but what the heck? That is amazing. Well, guys, you definitely should check out. Check out the website. Place your orders if you're in the delivery area here. You're not going to regret it. Uh, Sam, I want to uh, bring you on in a couple seconds. We're going to introduce you in a second. But let's go to a break. Uh, we're going to taste some of this fantastic food. And Kevin's so busy, he has to make more deliveries today. So we're going to lose Kevin. We're going to be back in just a couple minutes. Again, with Brandon Roth and Michael Vega, who are in this great 24-hour uh, produced film called Tomcat. So you're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back on the other side of the song break.
Alrighty, I believe we are back. I can't hear. Tim, if you can hear there in the studio. Oh, now we're back. Okay, yep, I can hear myself. Good. Yay! Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have on the line with me Sam, my intern. You guys met him last Tuesday. He is actually running this entire show from beautiful downtown northeast. So actually, he's not northeast. He's in central Ohio. While I'm out here in the balmy, warm weather of Palm Springs, how's everything in Ohio today, Sam? It's very hot up here. Very hot where you are telling me how hot it's there. <laughs> I mean, it's probably nothing like in the upper 80s. <laughs> upper 80s. Yeah, my 115 in the shade wins. Okay, I just want you to know that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a dry heat, so we're good. We got the dry heat. Yeah. All right, well, Sam, how's everything going in the studio? Everything going good back in Ohio for us? Yep, everything's going well. All right, well, I appreciate you. We're only going to have you for one more week, and you're back to school, I think. We'll have to take a couple of weeks off before uh-huh. we get you back on the air, right? Hopefully, yes. Good help is such hard to find, I tell you. You're doing such a good job. All right, well, I'll tell you what, Sam. Go ahead and put us into another song break here. We're going to uh, fix ourselves up a cocktail or two or five here and keep trying this wonderful food that's here. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Brandon Roth and Michael Vega from Tomcat. You're listening to the Left and Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Alrighty, and we are back, everyone. Welcome back to Left the Straight Show. Like I said, we're so sorry that Tony Tripoli couldn't join us today. We're going to have him on a later show, but I do have my other two guests right in front of me, live and in person, Mr. Brandon Lee Roth and Mr. Michael Vega. Guys, how are we doing? Good. Great. Surviving. We have a cocktail in hand. Yeah. We're ready to go. Nice, nice icy cold beer. <laughs> beautiful, beer beautiful. I love, love that. Right here. Well, let's talk about, uh, We I've had you both on the show before. Michael, you've co-hosted me quite a few times. Uh, Brandon, you've been on the show a couple of times as both a fitness consultant as an actor producer. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, let's start about a little background on each of you. Brandon, give a little bit of your backstory first for people that might be listening for the first time. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I'm originally from Minnesota, and I uh, grew up in a really small town out there. As soon as I graduated, I headed over to L.A. I've been in L.A. now for 10 years, little getting over the 10-year mark, so I'm officially a native. Um, but I started in acting and, and musical theater and that kind of stuff. And then um, as of recently, the past couple of years, I've been doing more acting, producing, kind of multi-hat, editing, directing, all that kind of stuff. So I've done a few shorts and have worked on a series and then worked on this latest short, which we'll talk about in a, in a, in a moment. But that's, that's pretty much my background. I mean... Fantastic, and I love the name of your production company. Let everyone know. Oh, Innovative Squirrel. Yeah, that's that's my production company. The squirrel is actually to do with my late grandfather, so it's kind of an homage to him. But yeah. Very cool. And Michael, give everyone a quick reader's digest version of uh, remind yourself of you. <laughs> remind myself, or <laughs> it depends how much you've had to drink so far. I think right. it's, it's early enough you could. Right. Remind the other people. Don't wear that beard. I'm a man of certain years. <laughs> Sometimes I do have to remind myself. <laughs> oh, it's me. Um, so I uh, was raised, born, raised on the East Coast, uh, New York, um, and uh, was in New York for 9/11. So that sort of propelled me and and someone else to the West Coast. Spent about eight years in San Francisco, and um, you know I went to school and, and to college for theater. Um, but wasn't until getting to San Francisco that I really threw myself into it, and uh, you know, did quite a bit there. And then moved to LA. It's going to be about eight years in in November. Mm. And uh, yeah, oh my God, that's a while. Yeah, time flies. Um, yeah, so you know, doing the acting thing here, here and there. Um, you know, as you probably know, back in 2015, I went back to New York to the show there, and. Yeah, just living the living the dream as well as I can. Just. Living the dream, I love it. So cool. Well, we're going to talk about all this project in a second. Um, this was done in 24 hours for part of an international film festival. It was a competition. Oliver, describe the competition first, Brandon. Yeah. So, um, Film Racing is a company they do um, throughout the year. They'll do these racing competitions. So they have a hundred hour, seventy two hour, and then a twenty four hour film race. You enter, you pay like a small entry fee, and then um, they give you that time frame to shoot it. So I've done the film racing before. I think I believe it was a hundred hour film race before, and that was you know quick and fast and and fast paced, but then this time around, you know, I got a wild hair, I got a random email from them, like an update checking in, and it was like the 24 hour one was around the corner, and I, you know, messaged my girlfriend, uh, Randy LeMay, she, she was our cinematographer, 
uh, to see if she was available for it. And I said, do you want to do this 24-hour thing? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. So we, you know, we stuck our heads down, got it done. In 24 hours, they literally give you 24 hours to write, produce, shoot, edit, and return a short film. And is that part of the rules you had to write it to? You couldn't use a previous work that you'd worked on before, but yeah, you had no, to do everything? Yeah, so it's in that time frame. And how they kind of gauge it is um, they have – they give you kind of three things. So ours was uh, Time's Up was the theme this year, and then the the prop was an action figure, and then the um, – oh, what is it called? The action was – staring at your reflection or staring into your reflection. So that's how they gauge it. Every year they'll send, they'll send you out an email that says these are the three things. You need to incorporate it and go 24 hours. So that, you know, so it was a real race. I was like up for 36 hours. I worked earlier that day. And by the end of it, I was zombified. We had like uploading it with 20 minutes to spare, like really under the wire, like, it was such a crazy, cool experience. I'd totally do it a thousand times over. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of fun. That's what would scare the hell out of me. I, mean, I worked as a office manager of a video production company, and just to upload and get the video to render can take three hours sometimes. Yeah. It's got to be crazy time. And it's so hard to gauge, too, because you don't know. You know what I mean? That was, that was definitely the scariest part. I think I left myself, I gauged myself, like, three hours to – maybe four to edit and upload, to edit and upload. So that's, you know, like when I was doing it, you know, you just kind of, you start going, okay, picking and choosing your battles as far as before I render it because it was just at that point where it's like, okay, and go. And I'm such a perfectionist. Yeah. I could sit and do it for a week. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine the, you know, one of the biggest challenges, because I, I didn't know if I told you I was involved in the San Francisco has a 48-hour festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Maurice Melno was the director, writer, whatever. Um, and it did really well. It's called Stagecoach in the Sky. And but my only point being the getting everybody together, the other players together, yeah. on such a on such a short notice, you know, actors and everything, and, and just getting that commitment from them. So yeah. you really have to trust people to. Oh yeah, you know, we really had a lot of we. You know, we did. So the character Tom. Tomcat is from a series that I'm actually working on that I've been writing, and I want to uh, pitch and, and get the scripted series going. So the character itself I knew I wanted to use for this um, project. I was like, I really want to carry it over. It's kind of going to be a prequel to the actual series. Um, and it's a good way to get that character up and moving. So I think, like, the discovery of who that character was was kind of already in my head. But, yeah, in terms of, like, getting everyone together and getting the schedule done and stuff, it was, like, under a tight, you know, tight, tight thing. I, I messaged a couple people just saying, like, are you available this day? I'll give you a call time the night before if you're flexible, but just kind of keep this day open, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I was lucky enough to have some great, talented, amazing people, Michael Vega being one of them, um, on the set who were really like into getting it done and, and really, you know, flexible. I think, you know, it always helps when you have great actors who are willing to put in the work and the effort, you know. So I appreciated all my actors who came on board and threw themselves into the project. And I really hope you use a soft lens for me because yeah. I was a little tired from the night before. Really soft. Lens. I wanted that Barbara Walters yeah. Vaseline lens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Michael, I mean, you've known Brandon for a while now, but as an actor, you have to really have trust to have something that you 
everyone likes rehearsal and things like this, and you're in a 24-hour turnaround, you're getting a script in front of you. What's it like as an actor to do a project? You know, yours wasn't the biggest role, but talk about the, the getting into that kind of a mindset and the trust it needs to be able to do a project like that. I mean, first and foremost, you know, especially when it's a friend, it's like, you know, I want to do this just because, you know, you're, you're a friend of mine, you know, and that, that, you know, pretty much propels, propels me through it. I mean, I don't think, honestly, I don't think if you were my friend or if I knew you, you know, if it was just a sort of random audition call, I, you know, honestly, I probably would have said, uh, you know, I, not, not, you know, under this sort of time constraint. Well, right. And this isn't actually the first time that Michael Vega has been in an elevator for me. So, he's, so when I messaged him, I said, would you love to reprise your ro- role as man in the elevator? So we, we've worked together before, and I think, you know, that always helps. But, and we've been in elevators before together. Yeah. Nice, nice. I love Eight it. Elevators. <laughs> no elevators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so give us what's the overall story arc, Brandon? So um, this character Tom, he you know he lives in the everyday kind of world, except for the fact that he identifies as a cat. <laughs> so the series kind of evolves around him getting comfortable in his own fur, you know, so to speak. We I like to call it trans species. I'm gonna spew Corona everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trans species. He, he identifies as a cat. And the idea behind it is kind of, you know, how it all came to fruition for me was I, I love watching documentaries. I love wa- watching documentaries about types of people. I think that's the actor in me. I just like to watch what makes people tick and how they act and stuff. So I'm, I'm fascinated. And I did watch this one documentary. It was a furry documentary on Netflix. <laughs> and it was so interesting and so intriguing. And I was actually emotional watching it. It was really heartfelt and I connected to it for some reason just as a gay man or whatnot, you know. And I was like, there's something there, there's something to be told there. I think a lot of times, you know, it's it's gonna be the series itself is very indicative of a trans dialogue. Right. You know, in a different doing it in a different way, a little bit campier, a little bit more humor behind it, you know, as far as the cat aspect of it. But it's very much along the same same lines as that. People really over sexualize furries. And for them, a lot of them were like, that, it's not about that. It's actually yeah. deeper than that, you know? And I feel like that's the same with trans. I've actually seen a, a, a furry film, but one that would never be televised on Netflix. Yeah, so. well, yeah. <laughs> you get that. It's interesting so because of, there's so many fetish communities out there, and it's yeah. interesting to because every, every story has two sides. Yeah. And, I mean, we all kind of, we didn't accept the trans community forever as LGBT for a long time. And so there's, everyone has their time, their day, and you need to tell these stories like this. We actually, in Northeast Ohio, we, I have a furry friend, quote unquote, that loves, he, he works for puppy mill, so that's not the good part, but he stands on the corner all day long getting people in and he's saying, I don't like the company he works for, but it makes his day to be able yeah. to dress up in his puppy outfit and stand on the corner and interact with the people. people right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that's what our, our series is really based on acceptance and the idea of accepting people for who they are. And, you know, as comfortable as we want to be, you know, the outside world does affect you, the way people look at you or stare at you. And I think as an LGBTQ plus community, you know, we can all identify with that. So that's kind of the dialogue we're going with. And that's, that's the story arc. You know, 
uh, it's worth watching. Yeah. I think the part two should be, so we were, uh, me and a, a friend were, were walking around uh, Disney the other day, and I saw someone in a Spider-Man costume, and I thought, <laughs> I thought things I, pro- I probably shouldn't share here, but, uh, yeah. you know. But you did have a good, you you have a moment where I think you like chuckle, you know, you think like, oh, God, I would, and then there's that insecure moment in yourself that, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, where you're like, oh, God, I could, I could never go as a Spider-Man to, you know, as a grown person dressed in a Spider-Man costume. Yeah. So you kind of, that's where the laugh comes from, and you realize, like, wow, that's actually my own. Oh, exactly. I made myself know. uncomfortable with the thought that I was sexualizing right. the idea of wearing this costume and, you know, feeling you know, comfortable, like it's just, yeah. Sure. Because I think that sexualizing it makes it more comfortable than accepting it, right? Mm. If you can sexualize it, maybe it can be more comfortable to you and mask whatever stuff you might not be accepting. Absolutely. Not absolutely. necessarily you in that moment, but I'm just saying in general. Well, you know? yeah. And how were you able to incorporate your, what was it, action figure, or what did you have to use? Oh, yeah, the action figure was actually, like, one of the, like, harder parts for me to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with it. Um, We ended up using, I don't know if there's any Westworld fans um, listening, but we ended up using, they have those Funko dolls, and I I have the Westworld ones. I have a Dolores, and then I got this, like, limited edition Dolores bot, you know, when she's the bot. Um, so in the series, there's a shot where the alarm clock wakes him up on two different days, like kind of when he's in this dream sequence and like kind of when he's not. But like, so the action figure is there, like just behind the clock, kind of very subtle. But if you're a Westworld fan, you'll totally catch it and get what it means. And totally nice. Yeah, we should have known about the action figure aspect earlier because I could have given you an entire, I'm a closet case geek. Uh, well, not closet anymore. Not closeted. Closeted. <laughs> but I have thousands of action figures. You could have gotten. Um, yeah. yeah. But, hey. I have to bring you guys down to my buddy Wally's. It's actually my brother's buddy. I don't know him at all. But he's a patient friend. He uh, is a voiceover actor, very popular and everything. Mm. But he is a collector, and he has turned his entire house into a collection, yeah. basically. He has a tri-story apartment in uh, – near Glendale area, I think, or actually it's near Burbank, North Hollywood. <clears throat> but he has one full room dedicated to full-size mannequins of, like, um, the the, uh, the person from, God, I can't think of it. Uh, music That's of the like, Night, Music of the Night, Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera guy, they ha- he has uh, the guy from Taxi, uh, Andy, Andy Kaufman's character. Uh-oh. He's got... Star Trek characters. Uh, He's got a full size of the blue guy from the animal or the um, the the monsters Inc. He's got a full size fembot from the old uh, TV show, The Million Dollar Man. And then he's got a Julie, which is so cool. Yeah, and I love him. I told we we got these Funko dolls, and I was like, that's it. Though I can only get the Westworld ones because. They are so stinking cute, and there's so oh, many no. for every different you movie. Open every different... Box there no, I, I, I limited myself. It's, it's only Westworld. I'll only get the Westworld. Guess what I'm going to start That's getting it. for for your birthday. I better not. Every time. I don't need <laughs> any more. I've reached My house will be full of them. I can blink, <laughs> and I can just see it now. They make one for everything. <laughs> I know. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Now, Michael, what can you tease us about your character? I mean, those who 
followed you. We see you in all these period pieces and costumes and serious roles. And now there's a real fun role to do. How do you like doing those, or do you like? Well, I mean, I, it, it, we honestly, had him in a petticoat. Honestly, <laughs> it was still a period piece. I came in like Mary Poppins. <laughs> I, I was in the elevator and I just floated out. out. I hit the ceiling. It was it was yeah. very sad. Um, no, I just you know in this it's just a cameo. I mean the whole thing is like it's how long. Yeah, but. the short's just eight minutes. Um, not yeah. a lot of dialogue at all. It's no. um, more reactionary stuff. Um, people reacting to seeing him on the streets. About and it was easy to react to him because, I mean, I'm such a... He is... Like, you can't see it, but it's a lot. <laughs> I am wearing this fish shirt for a reason. I wore a shirt with fish on it just as a... And a neck shirt underneath. And a neck shirt underneath. So, so you get the whole... Just the promo pictures with your fur on it made me itching in Palm Springs shirt, 150 uh, degrees. It's like, yeah, I was wearing oh my a fur coat. Good. I was like, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Good. He, he did bring the collar, though. Yeah, it's just the collar. But that's for later. And not, no. no well, talk about this festival now. You're good. You tell me how many people entered. You guys got top 15, so they're going to be showing this in the end of August. Talk yeah. to me about that part. Yeah. So yeah, we said 17 people entered. No, I'm so kidding. So funny. Um, no, uh, quite a bit of people entered from all over, you know, like in the close to 100, I think I want to say. Um, but, you know, we sent it in, and, you know, when you send something like that, and you're like, okay, you know, whatever, we'll hear what we hear, and hopefully we were cool enough or did something good enough. And then um, I heard from back in the I want to say like a week and a half, two weeks later, it was like super quick, they like returned an email. And so I'm reading this list in alphabetical order of the top 15 finalists, and we're like second to last because of our title. But I threw the whole list and then I was like, oh my God. And I like double checked it and triple checked it and quadruple checked it. Um, you're right. And so we got in the top 15. We're alongside some people from all over. Um, there's, a, I think there was some more California based people and then Texas and um, there was a Canada submission and, and one from London even, which will be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it was all over. I think it was really kind of, it was kind of, like, gra very gratifying for us. You know, I called the my my cinematographer, and I was like, I'm going. I'm going to the festival. i got to be there for this. It's premiering and stuff. And she's like, oh, my gosh. So we're going to be there at the end of August on the 25th and 26th at the Marietta International Film Festival. It's a pretty quick turnaround for the whole shebang. For the whole right? thing, yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of times you do this stuff, and you put it away, and then you're like, oh, they message you, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Should I not even do that? <laughs> yeah, right. So it was really, it's cool that they get back to you so quickly. For, so for any future filmmakers or people who want to try it, like film racing, 100%, I would, like, recommend it to go do it. Because they, at least, you know, they get back to you pretty quickly. If you don't, if you don't even, if you don't place, they still let you know. Right? So I would think, right. and I'm sure for you, that as a filmmaker, just a challenge alone is kind of exciting. Like, can I do this? Can, can I do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the 24-hour thing was literally, like, I just thought it would be impossible. Yeah. I did have that little voice in the back of my head that was like, you know, if you don't finish it, it's not a big deal. But you, like, at least you tried, and at least yeah. you got footage. Because the other thing is, for a lot of times, for me, I'm, I am a huge perfectionist, and I will put something off, not because I'm putting it off, but because I just, it's just not perfect enough, or it's just not the right time, or I just do right. enough right. preparation. So for this, it, like, really put a deadline on me and just, like, get it done. And I got it done, and now I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> now what's my excuse. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? wouldn't know where to begin. I mean, 
uh, you know, as, as actor person, give me, tell me what to do. Tell me to do the whole damn thing. I'm, yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, and this is my third short film, third or fourth short film that I've done. So I've, I've kind of, you know, getting the production side of things, I'm learning it, and, and I feel like now I'm in a comfortable spot where I know right, how to right. gauge getting actors and locations and all that stuff. But it, it was definitely a fun challenge, and it was hard work, and it was literal, quite literally a race, quite literally. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break. we got to fill up the cocktails here. When we come back, I have a little surprise for my guests. We're going to take a small gay road trip instead of a big gay road trip here. And we'll talk all about that, and we'll do a couple roundtable discussions. If you have any questions, you can uh, send them over to Instagram or to Twitter. But uh, we're going to finish up the show a little early today. We'll do an hour show since Tony had to postpone. But uh, you listen to Left of Straight Show. We're going to have Sam set up uh, music for us, and we'll be back on the other side.
talking to the fantastic Brandon Lee Roth and Michael Vega, the creator and stars of Top Cat, and uh, they are in a race for a competition. They're top 15 in a movie made in just 24 hours. Let's go on to some general topics. Um, did you guys, either of you happen to get to go to Outfest this year? I know you've been in there and won some things for Outfest. Have you ever had a chance to see any of the films that's out and coming? Um, I went to the Out Web Fest, which was a couple months ago. I didn't do anything for regular Outfest. Yeah, I did not, unfortunately. Yeah, the schedule didn't allow it at the time. But Out Web Fest was really fun. They did, um, there's an, oh God, I can't think of the name of it, but Imagine Dragons documentary. Have you heard any chatter about this? Yeah, it's um, it's a documentary. And he's actually Mormon, and he, um, it's about him and, uh, another Mormon guy, he's in like Can't Get the Disco or one of those kind of oh, bands yeah. um, uh, who is gay and Mormon. Yeah. And it's about like um, gay culture and the Mormon religion. And yeah, and battling that in Mormon religion is really like. He's actually really amazing. I mean, I know who they are, but I don't, I'm not into music really. So I know who Imagine Dragons is, yeah. I know who the singer is, but I don't know much about music in general, so I couldn't yeah. say songs. But they did, he's been a great activist yeah. for the LGBT community. And they just had in Utah, in Salt Lake City, a that's called that's Love Out Loud festival that he headlined. Yeah, so that's and the documentary follows him oh, okay. starting the festival and what it took to get the festival there and why he wanted to do it and all that stuff. Cause so he thought it was really touching. It's a great documentary. You just got to go watch it. Go, yeah, go see it. It's worth, I was like crying. Like, uh, emotional. There were so many people I know that went there. Uh, Benji Schwimmer, who was the very first winner of So You Think You Can Dance, I had him on the show about a month and a half ago, and he was performing there and part of it. Yeah. And a lot of uh, Matt Wall is going to be on the show on the 28th or 27th. He got to go out to it and everything. He's from Utah originally, and they said it was a really emotional just being there, I can yeah. imagine the documentary. You could edit it and get the feels and everything. Oh, yeah. Had to be incredible. Yeah. Very cool. Now, Michael, talk about your acting a bit. Um, what's what's your dream jobs? What do you what are you looking to do, or what would be your dream job if someone had a part to offer right now? Are you casting? Because I mean, uh, um, dream job. Besides dream being job. A, in another elevator. <laughs> 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 well, that, that, you know, I would love to win an Oscar, having been. In, in, one elevator. in one of your yeah. well, in the scene, I, I would imagine I would have to do more than being the elevator yeah. to win an Oscar. We'll but, expand it for that. For that. <laughs> but I mean, some people won Oscars for the last. <laughs> I did not say a name. I said no one. Um, gosh, you know, I've always said many, many years ago, Charles Schultz. When he won his honorary Oscar, Charles Schultz, for anybody who doesn't know, creator, Snoopy, Charlie Brown, he said, you know, the beauty of my life is I was able to combine my vocation and my avocation, my love and my work, you know, and, and there are a lot of points in your life as an actor, we all know, especially if you're doing theater, where you're just acting does not pay the bills and you, you have to eat, you have to have a roof over your head and you have to do other work. And so I would just love to be at a point in my career where I was simply acting and that was, you know, all 
I, I was doing. So that's that's my end game there. It's not, you know, fame, fortune. A good paycheck would be nice, but you know, all of that is meaningless. You know, I love the craft, and you know, just to be able to do that you know, every day of my life. Exactly. You know, that's that's the end game. And Brandon, do you are you kind of transitioning to more behind the camera? Or do you still enjoy the acting part of it? Um, I still, I do really like the acting part a lot. You know, that's what I started in, and that's where my passion really began. And then, you know, like little story, like a little story on how I even got to doing the behind-the-scenes stuff for me was I was working in Hollywood. I got this gig through a friend of a friend, and it was ended up booking this audition for this HBO pilot with Ryan Murphy at the time at the height of his career, and I was like supposed to be reoccurring on this show, and one thing led to another, and it got it got canned. It didn't end up airing. They didn't end up going forward with it. And, you know, for me in that moment, as an actor, I was just doing acting. I was like, oh, my God, this is it. That moment, oh, my gosh, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm going <laughs> right. to, like, break through that wall finally, and this mm-hmm. is going to be where – this is where it happens for me. And then it didn't happen, and not because of – and it wasn't to say – it wasn't because of anything I did or anything that I was in control of. You know, and I think that's when I started being like, I can't just, like, let Hollywood be in control of my career. I need to, like, figure something out. So I started doing, like, little shorts and stuff. I think the very first thing that I produced was um, this fan trailer for American Horror Story Hotel. Because I was like, this is great. I'm going to produce this thing. I'm going to put it on YouTube. It's going to go viral. Ryan Murphy's going to see it. And he's going to remember me. He's going to cast me in the next thing. That's what my thought process was. I was in an elevator. He was in an elevator. For this. So <laughs> that's where the elevator began. Um, so that was like the first thing I produced. And then I kind of kept producing stuff. And I did my short film, Logan Plus, which is streaming on Reverie, the Reverie app. And then I did. I was at a gas station. That was not an elevator. Yeah, it could have. He been. was in it at a gas station, and I mean, <laughs> not an elevator, but close enough. And then I did um, a short, different shades, which was for the hundred-hour film race. And then I did Hawaiian Snap, which is uh, the one that I won at Out Web Fest for uh, last year for experimental categories. A short film shot entirely from Snapchat point of view. Um, and then I did this film, but you know, and that's where it really all began me being behind the scenes I do really have a passion and a love for acting and stuff but I think I just got to a point where I needed to start being more control I went to dinner with a friend of mine and he said to me he said something really profound to me that stuck with me I was telling him I'm just so frustrated not booking these characters because you know they want you to be these straight roles and stuff and you should act straight acting and all this stuff and I'm like I'm not booking it I'm not booking it and he finally said he was like do you even want to be those characters? He's like, do you even want to be those characters, though? And I was like, and that really stuck with me. Because I was like, he's right, I don't. So I, I really try to use my platform for characters that are under, um, what's the word I'm looking for, underappreciated or not as right. dominant in the film and TV sure. You know, so that's where, that's kind of the long way around of what I do and why I got there. Well, I think we're seeing that more and more. I'm kind of known as the go-to person for web series. I have people from web series on the show all the time. Because they get, they get to have that control. They get to produce something themselves. They get to star in. Yeah. And it, it seems to be the way of Hollywood anymore. There's 8,000 channels. 
but now you have your movie actors going to television. It makes it more difficult to get on there. And you're still competing for a lot. You have pilot season where you have talking about a show not being picked up. They make 50 pilots, right? During pilot season, you see, what, seven of them on a new season anymore? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for me, you know, I was classically trained. I came out here 10 years ago when I came out here. I studied at conservatory training. And then when I got out, you know, YouTube and all this stuff started popping up. And now these kids are just like sensations overnight, and they're shooting stuff from Wyoming or wherever they are on location. And now somehow their fame has Ugh. translated them to more fame in the Hollywood industry. And I think I really did for a while get really frustrated. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. You know, when I first came to L.A. Yeah, you're super classically trained. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, when I was in, then I, you know, I, I continued my training at ACT in, in San Francisco. And so when I was first coming here, um, I'm not name dropping, but you know, I was I was hanging out with Bruce Valanche, and I asked him. It was before I came to LA, and I said, you know what, what, uh, you know, advice would you give to me? And it was create your own vehicle or create mm-hmm. your own content. And it, I know that that's true, and I know that that was great advice. But it so frustrated me a little bit because here I, I'm the actor, I'm the vessel, I'm the you know, I'm how right. other people's visions come to life. And now because of this, it's, oh, now I have to create this in order to be able to do what I want to do. So, you know, I get it. And it, 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 it's, it's wonderful. I've gotten over the, the part of me that, that it annoys. But mm-hmm. at first it was like, why did I do all this training? I should have I gone to school to be a filmmaker, not yeah. – Sure, sure, you know? yeah. I can imagine that because, like you said, you don't always have the same skill set. It's a different skill set. You're studying for acting, yeah. and all of a sudden writers are going like crazy. But you don't have that skill set. So what are you going to do? And you need to put your own together. you yeah. got to find collabs. And I, it's I, I will say now, I think, you know, having the training that I had, you know, the classical training that I had before has really helped me, you know, visualize stuff and really put better products out there. You know, a lot of these people, they're turning and burning content, and sometimes it's quality over – or quantity over quality as oh. opposed to the opposite. Throw as many things as you can against the wall. Let's see what sticks. Yeah. As opposed to I, I really feel like when I put something out there, it's like I try to put the best quality my best foot forward because when it's out there, it's out there. You know what I mean? It's done. It's sealed. Filming right. forever. And oftentimes you're, you're not judged by the best thing you did. You're judged by the worst. The worst. Right, yeah. Yeah, and the other frustrating part we've talked about in the show before is anymore when you're going to casting, things like that, it's how many Instagram followers do you uh, have, how many followers uh, on this and Twitter. And it's turned into more of uh, yeah. not about the talent anymore. It's about who can you attract or what do you – it's right. crazy. And there's so many reasons already besides that already why you may not get cast. I mean, 99% of the time it has nothing to do with your talent. It's, you know, your co-stars, uh, you're too short. You're too, you know, you look too much like this other person here. And so it's like all of these things are out of your hand already. And then to throw into the mix, well, how many followers do you have? How many? Yeah. I couldn't see, I couldn't even say the word. It just but I think people are starting to realize that followers doesn't, doesn't translate to talent, and at the end of the day, talent is. Or people are even going to care about right. whatever you're putting out there. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. But I mean, not to just nag on the whole social media stuff. No, anyway, because no. it has 
propelled a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Like yeah. my short Hawaiian snap is shot entirely through Snapchat. I, that was a fun way for me to use social media to like do a theatrically trained kind of performance with a social media twist mm-hmm. on it. So there is some good that does. There's a lot of good that comes from oh, it. You know, absolutely. you can't you can create stuff and just throw it on YouTube now, and 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 you know you can really develop your craft a lot more easily buying cameras and that kind of thing. You can shoot stuff from your phone now. It's gotten so accessible, which is great, too. You know what I mean? But I think there's good. There is good and bad. There's union yanks to everything. Well, yeah, I I realize the good now, of course, in the past several years. It was just in the very beginning. At first. The very, the the advent of, you know, of of it all. It was like, ah, another hurdle. All right, well, let's start to wrap it up. We're going to cut this episode short today. And speaking of social media and how it does have for good, I should mention our media sponsors, Tony Guadagnino. It does all my shout-outs on Twitter. If you guys are looking for someone to help manage your social media, go to www.tonyguad.com. That's www.tonyguad.com. Of course, True FM Media in Columbus, Ohio, it's carried my show for the last three years when I get back from the Big Gay Road Trip. We're going to be doing shows from there every Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to add a video element to it. They're going to stream for us right there in the studios in Columbus. So thanks for them coming on. A big thank you to our guests here at Indulge Resort again. I love my room. I love my guests be able to come down. Uh, it's a beautiful place. If you want to come while we're here, the show is every Monday and Tuesday, and the resort is doing specials. Sunday through Thursday for just $99 a night to come on down and spend the night. So kind of cool, kind of fun. A big thanks to our partners here in the restaurants, Sal's in a Jar that was here today. Uh, Of course, we have uh, 849 Restaurant that will be here on Monday. Just Tapas yesterday and JoJo's is coming up. Um, And now for our little gay road trip, we are getting ready to wrap things up because I'm taking my guest today and a friend and we are going to our other media sponsor, Escape Room Palm Springs. We're going to escape from a vampire lair. Oh, so we're heading out God. to vampire time. Okay, now I need vodka. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to have another cocktail before we oh go, obviously. God. But it's going to be interesting. So we'll, we'll report back on that in just a little while. Uh, big thank you to Tony Tripoli, who's going to reschedule with us. Michael, give everyone your social media where they can follow you and if they have a part to cast you in. <laughs> uh, just Michael Vega Act. So my name, Michael Vega, and ATT. Uh, that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's on the Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook, <laughs> because we're old. Thank you very the much Twitter. for sharing that. It's the Instagram. And Brandon, where can they find you? Uh, personally, I'm at Brandon Lee Ross, um, both on Facebook and, and uh, Instagram. And then uh, at Tomcat Film, if you want to follow the film, we're going to have some promo footage coming out, a nice trailer coming out in the next couple weeks, and then also just to keep up to date with what happens at the festival while we're there. So at Tomcat Film, and then at Brandon Lee Rock. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being part of the Left of Straight show today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Sam, come on the line with us. We're getting ready to go. Um, Talk about we have you at least for one more week, right? At least, and hopefully I'll be back after that, depending on my semester workload. <laughs> you English majors taking all those classes and reading so, so much. much. I hate that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 
All right. Well, Sam, find us a song to play out to. Thanks for hosting, uh, producing for us out there. We will see you next week. Guys, thanks for listening to Left of Straight Show. We're going to play one final song, and we are out of here. Have a great week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.